out of my way. Right then. Uh, I'll kick it off then. So, hello and welcome to another episode of the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And today we are joined by Kat Greenham. So, um, John, do you want to say hello? Hey, how's it going, everyone? Nice to see you all. It's been a long time, I think, since me and Andrew have done a, um, a podcast. Um, I actually recorded a podcast. It's been a while. Sit Andrew, I think, about two days ago. It's been too long since we've done another one, but we've got a good guest today, um, and it's great to chat to um, to Kat. Kat, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Happy Friday. Woohoo! <laughs> definitely. It's not sun shining, and, you know, there's only a couple of hours left to work, so definitely happy Friday. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I've got a lovely view, actually. If, if I didn't have that great, um, I've got opposite me, like a great, I'm in the office today in London and I'm opposite St. Paul's, like literally such a nice view. Oh, lovely. But Kat, do you want to give us a, a little kind of intro on yourself, who you are, what you, what you, what you do, and, and then we'll, we'll dive right in. Yeah, that sounds good. So my name is Kat Greenan and I'm a Microsoft Solutions Specialist and Office 365 Apps and Services MVP. Um, I um, live currently in Cardiff in South Wales, but I am from Edinburgh originally, but I've also lived in Fife, Glasgow, Doncaster and London. So I've moved around quite a lot. Um, I think Ireland is the only place I haven't lived in the UK yet. Um, and I started tech about six years ago as a customer success manager and then from there moved into more of a technical Microsoft Solutions specialist role. Um, and that's me so far. <laughs> I say congratulations because obviously the MVP award was in the last couple of months, wasn't it? March first uh, was when it came through, so it's still I've still got the bit of the buzz behind it of oh goodness, I can't believe I'm MVP. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nice when you finally get that email dropping from Microsoft. Yeah, I screamed. I was like, I did it! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Shouting down to my fiance, like, come here, come and look at this. <laughs> very, oh, very cute. emotional. <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's well. I think it's really well deserved. Like, oh, I'm just yeah. drop. Um, I think it's like really well deserved. Like, I think you, um, you, you've just been popping up everywhere. Like, um, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, I just see like cats, cats talking at this, cats talking at, and like, just it's just seeing you kind of like the hard work you put in and 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 the effort for um and and, it, and the effort you put in for it to pay off is is, is even nice for like people for me to see as well. No, so congratulations. Really. I know, thank so you. Let's go back a little bit. So let's go back a little bit to um, kind of, you, you said you've been in the IT industry for, for six years now. What, what, what was you kind of doing before that? Well, I did a mixture of things, all non-tech related. I do not have a tech background whatsoever. So I have worked in retail. I have worked, um, I did teaching in China for a little while, teaching English. Um, I worked for the BBC, so I was a runner for a little while as well for the Crime Watch Roadshow, which I get made fun of a lot because I'm Scottish and everybody says I should be the criminal, not the person running the show. Um, and um, I've worked for a non-profit as well. I used to do door-to-door sales. Um, so I've just never really found where I fit in and never found something that I was excited about and passionate about. Um, and I kind of fell into technology. So we, my, my fiance and I lived in Cardiff and we needed to find a job. We were moving to London um, and I needed to find a job. So I went through a graduate um, scheme, like a graduate program. I, I was a bit older than a graduate, but they still let me in it. 
And um, from there, they kind of said, OK, we'll put you through to interviews for these different companies in London. And the first company was Core, which is the company I now work for. Um, and they had a customer success manager role. And I said, oh, my goodness, tech. I know nothing about IT. <laughs> what is that? A bunch of servers in a room and old men sitting with their wire. That's literally the image that I had of technology. <laughs> it's very old and outdated in my head and a very big misconception. And I um, was, I kind of did the interview and because I'd done customer service, you know, before I was kind of a bit confident in terms of I could do door to door and things like that. Those skills were quite transferable to more of a customer success role. Um, and so I did the interview and I got the job and I thought, and I was so nervous. I thought I'm never going to be able to learn like what the cloud is or what Azure is. Um, so kind of went from that non-tech background into falling into tech kind of and then I loved it and asked to do more uh, tech stuff more technical stuff um, and that's when I became a Microsoft solution specialist when I kind of asked my boss and said look I want to do more of this stuff and he was like yep yeah, let's give it a go and yeah so <laughs> that's how I ended up where I am today. That's awesome I mean so with obviously going into the Microsoft world then what made you do that transition to actually start doing more community things? So it started about 18 months ago and I knew about MVP, I knew what it was, kind of. We had an MVP at Core who'd been in the programme for many, many years um, and I had already started doing things like, um, I call it Friday Tech Tips, so I used to make YouTube videos and post them on LinkedIn um, and you know, just as a bit of fun, here's something I found in PowerPoint or Teams or whatever it may be. Um, and then my um, boss actually said, oh, we're looking to invest in some of our staff becoming MVPs so we can obviously, it's, it's better for your career and da 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 da. Um, so I kind of put my name forward and said, that's something that I think, you know, I'd want to look into a little bit more and see what's actually involved. Um, so I started then speaking to a bunch of MVPs and said, you know, approached them and kind of said, please, please, can I have? 10 minutes just to ask you a couple of questions um, about what it means and, um, you know, the requirements for it. And one of the biggest things all the MVPs kind of said to me was, it's going to become a bit of a part of your life and it should be. Um, so, you know, if you're just doing it for the MVP stuff, it's probably not going to work for you um, and it's probably not the best thing to do. So that's when I said, okay, let's look at the community. Let's get involved there. I started posting blogs. And the community kind of just opened me up and swallowed me in. And it was amazing because I didn't know anybody really outside of my work in tech. And then I joined Twitter and on LinkedIn and I had people reach out to me. And then Peter Rising reached out to do the podcast Cloud Conversations. Um, Kev McDonald's reached out. It's just been absolutely amazing. So that really, I was kind of happy for it to be part of my life because I felt like I was part of something and I belonged somewhere. Whereas before when I wasn't in tech, I didn't. Um, and from there, I just kept doing speaking events and I really enjoyed it. I like presenting. Um, I like getting involved in, um, you know, the, the community. So it kind of tumbled from there into, um, yeah, becoming MVP. I know I can see we've got some light. Um, <laughs> yeah, light so effects. I've got the lights now. My, my lights are really terrible in this room. It really, it really annoys me in the middle of the day because we've got so much glare coming through the, the window on the left hand side. It's all good. And so, um, I mean, obviously, I've been down the MVP track before. I know, obviously, yes, it does very much have to become part of your life and it can take a toll on your life as well, depending on how much you do. Um, obviously, with obviously COVID, obviously, people may do more online stuff. 
um, back when I was MVP, I was doing a lot of traveling um, to three different user groups, doing speaking and basically hosting it as well. So it can be, you know, quite a, a difficult task, especially if you've got a family as well. But yeah, if you love, breathe Microsoft technology, then, you know, definitely go for it. I say, I've mentioned, we've seen you know, like popping up here, there, and everywhere, over things. And so, obviously, um, South Coast Summit, where me and John was at um, last year. So, also, I say, I was going to ask a question about obviously uh, cloud conversations, how you got involved in that. Obviously, you just, you just basically mentioned that. Obviously, Pete reached out to you. And we think we kind of did the same with like, Sophie Dimelo as well. Obviously, you know, we reached out to her because of videos she was putting online. And then now she's obviously a part of um, this podcast and doing episodes with us as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I one I do um, TikTok videos, so I'm on TikTok. Collab with Cat is my handle. If anybody's on TikTok, I'm trying to get the Twitter community on TikTok. Um, if it kills me, I'll do it. Um, and on TikTok, I do videos on how to get into tech, um, how to like build a network in tech, which is what I did because I knew nobody in, in technology. Now I've got this great network of people. How did it, how do you go about it? How do you get opportunities like being a podcast host? I mean, I didn't ask for that. It was kind of, you know, Pete approached me because I was a guest and then I've been posting things on LinkedIn and my blog. You're the same with Sophie. So I think one of the key things I talk about in my videos is post content that you're passionate about and you'll see opportunities open up from there. So I think that's a really, you know, key point for anybody listening and also check out my TikTok while you're <laughs> I mean, I messaged you when you've done your TikTok, I think I sent you I sent you a message and was like, yeah, it's really cool. Like um like it's a it's a good way to kind of start getting content on a completely different kind of um platform to what pe most people are used to. Everyone's used to seeing LinkedIn, Twitter, but yeah, obviously TikTok now. I think it's a really good um, platform because obviously there's a lot of the young generation on there. There's, um, you know, and it's it's a really good way to to bring new people into into technology and have more of an image of it. it isn't old men by by servers anymore. It's um, you know, young women like yourself and and and, and stuff like that to, to really give it a good image, um, which I think is good. <laughs> So I'd love to do it, but I could just never think of content to put onto TikTok. <laughs> See, I'm on sometimes. TikTok, but only because for certain, like, obviously I run an under nine football team, and that's the only reason I'm on there, just to watch, like, videos of, like, training sessions. And it's like, yeah. And then you see videos of people going, oh, yeah, people born in the 90s are old. I'm like, I'm, I'm born in the 80s, so oh, no, I must be like a granddad. <laughs> <laughs> me it is that it is a younger generation but there's a there's a huge mix and on tiktok was actually a really big tech community and there's a hashtag called tech talk um which if you search for that you'll just see there's a whole microsoft community there's people who work at microsoft like as your specialists and things like that who have like fifty thousand followers on tiktok and they talk about working in microsoft and encourage people to you know to apply and um there's a guy a teacher who started doing tips like video tips like how to improve your computer and how to use teams and he's got like three million people following him and he just started doing it for fun because he was a teacher a an it teacher so yeah really big community on there it's a different type of community but it's still a tech community so yeah i would say look on there if you're interested how have you found on TikTok in general? Because I know I know in other communities um, that TikTok itself is quite a um, bit of a poor community. Is it a bit of a how how I don't, I'm trying to 
think of a word to say it. Is there a lot of trolls on it, basically, on on TikTok, or is it is it quite a negative community? Is it a positive community? It's both. It's definitely both, and it there's an algorithm to it. So if you, the longer you watch videos, that TikTok will say, oh, okay, so this is the type of stuff you like to watch, and it will show you videos mm. similar to that. So if you're watching, you know, if it'll show you a whole bunch of random videos, and some of it's negative, some of it's positive. If you watch the positive stuff longer, then you'll probably get more positive videos shown to you by TikTok. <laughs> Um, and it's similar if you like videos, comment, and if you follow um, certain hashtags, it will show you positive things. So there's definitely a, a negative and positive, just like there is with any platform. But you can kind of tweak your algorithm so only, you know, you're only looking at positive uh, yeah, videos. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering more, more about kind of like the comments and stuff like that that you get on there. Like, ah. the general audience like? Yeah. It's very supportive from my perspective so far. I did a video actually, which got some negative comments, which was very interesting. And uh, somebody commented on my one of my LinkedIn posts and said, oh, you look so beautiful or something. And it annoyed me because I was like, oh, that's inappropriate. So I made a TikTok video about it saying, guys, it's inappropriate. Please don't do that, that's annoying. And so many men commented and were really, really vexed. And they were like, so we can't say anything now. Um, so we can't give you a compliment. Why won't you accept our compliment? Oh, it sounds like you're insecure if you can, if you're angry that we're calling you beautiful. And all of this stuff, there was loads of women who were like, no, it's LinkedIn, it's inappropriate. And there was this whole thing going on in my comment section of all these men who were really hurt and upset that I didn't want them to talk, call me beautiful. And all these women saying, this is inappropriate. Like, obviously it's inappropriate. And it was just really interesting to watch. So you get both is the answer to that. So LinkedIn's a professional platform for professionals. So things like that, you know should be on other platforms not on linkedin ever i mean you, you do yeah. see it and it's like you know come on if, if people are on here to basically network with other professionals within their you know their te technology or skill or whatever they're in the field not to basically you know go hunting for dates and partners yeah. and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> exactly but yeah i mean anyway so yeah <laughs> i mean you see it all the time though with just inappropriate com com uh, comments from just, you know communities so across any platform just make a difference what it is and it, you know i don't think there's enough being done to stop it but then also you know to stop it then other people like myself have to basically shout shout up and go that, you know that is kind of inappropriate you know pack it in yeah until it we is, get more you know that. i think i think you're going to get me on this social media um, phone again, Andrew, and I've said it, I, I think I've, I've gone away from the subject for a, a long time. I just don't think social media does enough in general over anything in terms of like facilitating um, or cutting out racism, sexism, every ism there is. The social media doesn't do enough. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely agree. You can report things and block things and TikTok itself um, does block. So if there's any, you know, if people get naked on the camera or if there's like hate speech or anything like that, they've got bots that automatically just blacklist the video. So when you post it, it's just not going to go anywhere because it's got content that TikTok deem inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But loads of stuff still gets through. Um, people find loopholes and um, yeah, there's still definitely a lot, I think, that could be done with I've social report, media. I've reported stuff on... I've reported stuff on Twitter before, um, racism, mm. and they've come back and said this is not against our community and standards before. Yeah. TikTok so... got, and Twitter, Twitter are more interested 
in um, in removing illegal streams to football than um, than actually dealing with racism with football. Why? Yeah. Because the um, the streams um, cost them money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you see where priority lies, right? Yeah, it's all a bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that's depressing. Yeah, we'll get off this now. Um, so obviously, um, one of the reasons obviously we, we invite you on our um, episode today is also that you're going to be speaking at our, our user group in May. can't remember the date, John. What's the date? It's the 16th of May. Like that. 16th. 16th. That's about it's right. Yeah. In my mind, so I'm guessing it's the 16th. Now yeah, I can't so, um, remember what I'm talking about. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I'm saying. I think it's Teams apps. I think was. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think it is. Yeah. Because um, because yeah, under the day, me and John are very much about promoting people and getting more people involved and giving opportunities to people to come and speak. Um, you know, I put a call out for content for this podcast recently to try and get more people. Um, that now I know quite a lot of people within the community from the Women in Tech. But there's there's a, a big pool of other people that I just don't know, and so in, in the last couple of days we've been getting quite a few messages in and organising quite a number of episodes. So um, yeah, we, we, we are literally all, just got one this second. Yeah, literally <laughs> as we're recording, it's got another one just come through this second. So yeah, um, you know we're all about obviously you know promoting people. Um, so let's, let's dive into all the stuff that you're doing now. So tell us about Cloud Conversations, obviously you know. It's another podcast. Um, I know that obviously you've got yourself on there. And you've also included um, another person into the podcast as well from the States. Yeah, um, I was going to wait for you to see if you could pronounce her name properly or not. <laughs> see, see, <laughs> I, I, I was going to try. said you're not good with names. <laughs> but I was going to try because in the day, her, her, her name basically spells you know, the, a, a particular Microsoft product. So I'm not going to try and get her name correct because it's probably won't be the way um, she says it or Microsoft says it. So I'll let you uh, drop that one in. That's fine. So it is actually the way that my, well, the way that I say it um, from the Microsoft product, Azure McFarlane. So Azure, and funnily enough, she's an MVP for Biz Apps. She's not an MVP for. <laughs> For it's just, it's just um, I know I said that's a wasted opportunity there you've chosen a she's all about um, power automate rather than Azure but um, yeah so Cloud Conversations um, is a um, tech podcast so we have guests from all around the tech community inside and out new people in the community as well um, anybody who's passionate about technology, really, we get on the show and we talk about uh, career, but we also try and get some tech questions in there. Um, we talk about hobbies and music and just get to know the people in the community. And it's quite nice because there's so many people who've said, oh, it's nice to see the person behind who's creating content. So you see people posting on social media. It's nice to actually you know, watch and, and find out about them and where they, how they got to where they are, which is probably similar to what you guys do as well. Um, and we've um, got four hosts on the show. So we've got Peter Rising, Rue Campbell, Azure McFarlane and myself um, who kind of swap in and talk to all of our guests. Um, but yeah, so it's been such a nice experience because I think it helps with your network as well. I've, meet, I've met loads and loads of people in the community that I didn't know about before um, through doing the podcast. So it's been really, really good. And what I found is that people know me better 
um, and come up to me and I went to the South Coast Summit last year and there was people come up to me like oh hi Kat you're right and just starting to talk to me like they knew me and I'd never met them and didn't know who they were <laughs> so yeah, if you, you do come up to me that. just let me know who you are because <laughs> um, you forget <laughs> that people have seen you over and over again it's they're you know you're familiar to them but not vice versa I just thought it was quite funny um, but yeah that's Cloud Conversations. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, why did obviously the podcast was originally started by Rue and Peter? So, um, what was their driver for doing the podcast? I mean, obviously, I know what ours was because the ours is more focused on you know, people's backgrounds. What was you know, Rue and Peter's? Um, so I think, um, I don't actually know what their, what their reason, I guess, for starting it. Um, they both they had the uh, podcast Cloud Conversations with Rue and Pete, and then they obviously took that bit off. Um, and they said it was just a chance for them to talk to all the people in the community and find out about the person behind the the person in the tech community, if that makes sense. So the idea of getting to know people better than just watching their tweets and uh, and so on, especially with the lockdown as well, being able to speak to more people because we're not yeah. meeting up as much. Um, so I, I, Pete and Rue, if you're listening to this, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's a good reason. I think talking to people, um, especially lots of different types of people, is it's just, I think it's interesting just to talk, like, even if it wasn't a podcast and we wasn't um, broadcast putting this on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, please subscribe if you haven't. Um, <laughs> um, if we also, also subscribe to Cloud Conversations as well, you know, we're, we're not biased. <laughs> but if, um, but, but you know, if even if we weren't um, putting it putting it out there on socials, it's just it's just nice to chat to people. To be honest, um, interesting to find people different. Everyone has different backgrounds, and you know, we've had what thirty. I don't know what number we're on. Thirty. This would be episode um, thirty-one now. Thirty-one. Wow. Like it's just crazy the amount of different um, stories and different backgrounds that everyone has had. Like everyone had like all thirty people have basically had different backgrounds. We've had chemists. We've had the vets we've had horse riders nannies we've last episode nannies, nannies. Yeah. oh man it's like it's completely different for depending whatever yeah yeah it's just it's, it's, it's nice to have a different background and it's just nice to hear different stories it's nice as well because for people who are maybe watching it and don't have a tech background or are looking to get more involved in technical stuff um you don't need to have been done 20 years of you know, IT management and have a computer science degree to be able to, you know, get into tech. People from different backgrounds, sometimes with no experience whatsoever, have that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I think it's quite nice to showcase that to people as well, to encourage more people, especially women as well, to get into the tech industry. You don't need to be that kind of stereotype that we all imagine, or I imagine anyway, with IT. Like, it's for anybody. No, you still imagine, you still imagine that and... and, and... Oh, so, wait, you've, you've been in IT for six years and you've literally done so much in, in, in only in six years time. It's crazy. Like, um, you'd, you'd think you'd been doing it for 20 years or so. <laughs> I'd love to be doing it for 20 years and still and look like this in 20 years time still. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so, well, I've been in IT 18 years. So, yeah, wow. Since I was 17. So time flies. Time yeah. flies. You blink and it's 10 years have passed. Oh, goodness, where did that go? <laughs> yeah. So I've got a question for you. As, as, as always, I have to drop out, John, my, my line. Um, 
how do you think that you can get more women into tech? Obviously, you've come from a non-technical background, kind of just basically applied for a graduate job, got into IT, and then found an interest in doing Microsoft stuff. How do you kind of think we can address getting more women involved in either coding or non-coding roles, as uh, Holly and Isadora would say, um, uh, working within our space? I think it starts from um, a younger age. So I think the STEM ambassador programs are amazing and uh, we should be doing more of that stuff. So when young girls are in school and they're being, you know, I don't think, I'm not sure, I don't have kids, I don't know if it's like they're still in school, but when I was in school, the girls would go to home economics and the, you know, doing cooking and the boys would go to computer science or they'd do something else where it's building with their hands and you know um the the wood thing that you do if you could tell i didn't do it um and um <laughs> it was definitely the home economics one but you're put into those kind of silos automatically and um it's a social aspect to that as well um i think if you can address that at younger age women will be more encouraged to think i can build things i can have that mindset of being a logical thinker and you know being able to go into technology um and encouraging young women with the here's all these great women in tech and science and you know the stem fields you can do it too um so i think starting young is the best way to approach it um but there's loads of other things that we could do now like um i read this interesting article that was talking about um job descriptions for um, technical roles which are always the language used is always geared towards a more like masculine audience um yeah. and there's yeah there's interesting things like that that we can do but i think starting when you're young is going to be the the only way to that's something, really make a difference that's something we spoke quite a lot about with um ellie king in episode yeah, ellie king, 29 yeah. um was that yeah something we spoke about a lot was job descriptions how you know like um java rockstar and stuff like that just doesn't um like job like job descriptions with that in in there just just doesn't appeal to anybody except for people who want to be like rock stars yeah <laughs> so yeah like little things like that i think can help a lot more but i think also stuff that you're doing is is, is really well as, as i kind of said earlier like just the tiktok uh, putting out content um and having and for young people to have ambassadors such as yourself um, to show that I'm, I'm doing this and, and I'm, I'm a different kind of person to what you'd imagine to be associated to IT. But I also think, um, and we see it quite a lot as well, which is like IT isn't just a coding um, role. It could be anything within. It could be an IT salesperson. It could be yeah. a load of different types of roles, project management, um, and, you know, the, the list of job titles kind of roll off your tongue uh, or just, just are endless, really. So, yeah, yeah I think I absolutely, positive role um, models such as yourself is great. Thank you so much for saying that. It's been, it means a lot because you, you do want to make a difference, especially becoming MVP. It gives you more of a platform to do that as well. And for the coding thing, yeah, I absolutely do not like coding whatsoever. And I have to do, I end up having to do a little bit of it and it's just not for me. But there are, even if you do have to, you know, work with code, there are some tools that help and Google is always a good way to learn stuff as well. Um, but yeah, you definitely do not need to code to get into a technical role. Um, there is, if you want to be more of a developer, obviously you will need to, but yeah, don't need any coding skills uh, necessarily. Yeah, I think, the, term, I think the terminology for that coding and non-coding is coding is anything that you do 
config wise and 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 deep and 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 technical so it's like because i don't like the term technical and non-technical because yeah. like even the salesperson needs to have needs to be some kind of back, yeah yeah yes and even a project management project manager needs some type of technical understanding as such yeah so i think that's just i mean you see people like in budget roles um taking obviously exams now like that yeah or AZ900 because it's that good foundation level for understanding a Microsoft product. Yeah. You don't need to be technical. You just need to know, you know, what product sorts out what particular scenario, and that's it, really. Yeah, I think Definitely. those 900 exams are really good for anyone to do. Um, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially the MS, MS and, uh, and the AZ ones are really good to do. I've done, I've done the MS900 a couple of like, months back because I was like, ah, oh, I haven't got that one. I've got, like, nearly every single other one. Let me just skip the MS900 just to, like, complete the pack. I went through, I was like, man, this is actually a little bit difficult because I don't I don't really look at the licenses and what licenses does what. Yeah. <laughs> I managed to get a pass in the end, but I was like, oh, wow. I, I didn't expect, Not expect I, I expected it to be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, we got our sales team as well who are doing um, some of those instructory um, exams as well. So, yeah, I think there's, it's a good point with technical and non-technical. It's There's a blurred line now because um, people, you know, I guess we need to have a certain level of understanding of how technology works to be able to sell it and manage it and, <laughs> you know, do everything yeah, in 100%. tech. So that's a good point. 100%. So I just want to just basically touch back on um, some of the, the negative uh, comments you basically mentioned. Because um, in our, our guest notes, our register notes, uh, all our guests, um, you actually mentioned about Sarah, uh, Sarah Larquist. Um, yes. Obviously how she basically stepped up and... Um, tackle the inappropriate comments that you basically get over LinkedIn. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her attitude. She was a guest on Cloud Conversations and I met her at the South Coast Summit as well. And she's just like, I'll just do whatever I want to do. Um, and I just I was like, oh, I'd love to have that attitude of, yeah, I, that's my life. I'm just going to live it how I want to live it. Um, and yeah, she is, um, I kind of saw inappropriate comments and I was like, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying. Um, I didn't say anything. I felt, and in my head, I even said to my fiance, I was like, I wish I could just say, maybe reply to it and be like, oh, well, that's not appropriate. But I was scared to. I thought, I don't want people, again, that mindset of, oh, I don't want people to think, oh, she just moans about, you know, and, and but the inner feminist in me is crying, thinking that and saying that. Um, but Sarah, she commented and said, don't make inappropriate comments on LinkedIn. It's just not appropriate. It's because she has that carefree attitude. She's like, I don't care. That's wrong. I'm going to point out when it's wrong. So Sarah, if you listen to this, thank you so much for <laughs> helping to defend <laughs> defend me on LinkedIn when there is inappropriate comments. Um, Can I say, both me and John met her at South Coast Summit as well. Because um, when we were basically doing our session about women in tech, she was one of the, uh, one of the guests in the audience. And after the session was done she actually came over to us and had a conversation and said how refreshing it was to see not just obviously women talking about it but also men as well and obviously yeah. trying obviously you know how the room was just generally basically going oh, what, what can i do to help um and that was obviously for her a, a, a massive thing and obviously we've had on our podcast as well um a while back and yeah, she, she's yeah she's a great person definitely and everything that she's basically been through and where she's yeah. now you know hats off to her yeah, and she's got some really great speaking sessions on that coming up as well at Scottish Summit and some other uh, events. So, yeah, check those out. Here's me sitting promoting Sarah, but there you go. I have it promote you then. So what events have you got coming up apart from obviously um, this podcast, our yeah. user group and <laughs> going forward? 
Um, well, there is some of the main speaking events coming up. Commsverse, I'll be attending that and speaking about teams. Uh, Scottish Summit, I will also be presenting in Glasgow. Um, South Coast Summit, I've um, said to, I'm going to volunteer. So there's some in-person events, which I'm really excited for. Um, there's some online events as well. So the M365 Virtual Summit's coming up. I'll be speaking at that. Um, yesterday, I spoke at Teams Day 10X um, on adaptive cards and teams. That's where you got to do a little bit of that coding that I don't like to do, but that's great so technology. Is, that's, that's a new one to me. I, I, I saw it on LinkedIn just yesterday. Well, what have I missed there? What, so the 10X, Teams 10X one? Yeah, is it an existing conference been renamed or is it something yeah. It was called Teams Day and then whatever event it was. So they've done Teams Day 1, Teams Day 2, 3, 4 and 5. And then they went from 5 to 10x. <laughs> um, and it's the same team that um, do it. So it's Russ Basura. So we had him as a guest on our Cloud Conversations podcast and he runs uh, the event. And it's a worldwide Teams event, hundreds of speakers um you know do a session over teams to people around the world um so it's yeah because i know teams nation are not doing their thing anymore so yeah that's another one their teams 10x are still going so but it used to be called teams day five and you're doing the virtual marathon as well aren't you yes so the m365 virtual marathon i'll be speaking there um and I can't remember what I'm speaking about, um, but I'll, I'll yeah, definitely so I'm, be promoting I'm doing one, it. I'm doing, I think, two. I think I'm doing two in that marathon, but I don't know what time or anything like that. Like, I'm sure they'll, <laughs> it's in May, isn't it? it? Sometime in May. Yeah. I mean, they'll let us know. They always, they always contact you and give you a deck and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll promote that nearer the time when I have more information. Um <laughs> But yeah, I did want to say if the, so. There's all speaking events, um, but I do um, and my blog as well. I did want to do a little um, promotion of. So it's collabwithcat.com, which is on my Teams background, um, and I share tips and tricks on using Teams and now Viva as well. So um, yeah, check that out if you want uh, tips on what's new in Teams, what's happening with Viva, what is it, what does it do, all that lovely stuff. Um, so that's something else to follow. So obviously we've obviously you know you've got yourself in quite a few different speaking slots as a person that's probably never done one before you know what would you say to them because obviously you're now you've gone from from you know, starting IT within 18 months you become an MVP you've done so many speaking uh, slots now and events what would you say to someone that wants to start doing that and how would you advise them going forward well there's tips I suggest um, there's lots of um, tutorials online to help with presenting. So it depends what you want to help with. If you want help with your actual presenting skills, there's ways to, you, loads of YouTube videos available online to basically say, this is how you would describe something or your pacing and how to get rid of your, um, um, you know, if you do that too many times, there's techniques to use. So there's definitely lots of training videos online to improve your presenting skills. Also, if you are a first time presenter, most of the conferences have a first time presenter kind of workshop or help um, and encourage speakers to go in, do the workshop, get a bit of help, and then actually speak at that session uh, at that conference as well. So there's lots of help from conferences. 
Um, and if it's nerves, I did a TikTok video on this very recently because I was just about to do a workshop and I was going to be sick with nerves. Um, I still get nervous. I love the feeling of being nervous. I love presenting, but I still get nervous. I always will, I think. It keeps you on your toes. Um, and um, I always try to eat something before I, I present. I always try to prepare, but not over prepare. So it doesn't sound too scripted. Um, and if you just focus on the outcome, when you do the presentation, so beforehand, you're really nervous. You're going to be sick and, you know, you got to ride through that pain. When you're actually doing the presentation, it'll go in a flash because you don't, you're just doing it. You're not thinking about anything else. And then afterwards, you get this amazing rush and buzz that you've done, done it. You've done your presentation, you know, you've, um, you've achieved it and it went well. And that's what I always try to focus on if I get nervous when I'm presenting. Um, but it's weird because I just I love the feeling of being nervous because I know it's me going outside of my comfort zone. And I'd like to just be outside of my comfort zone as often. <laughs> I just live on constant nerves. That's just how my <laughs> my I don't know how to have gray hair, like with the nervousness that I put myself through. <laughs> what do you find more difficult speaking in person or online events? In person, definitely. The reason why is because when you're online, um, you can have notes, you can have some visual cues to help you. Um, and everybody, you're not looking at any faces usually. Um, so you're just focusing on your content and you've got, I've got three screens. So if I'm doing a demo and presenting slides and answering questions, I've got screens to help me and it's going quite smoothly. In person, you have to obviously, it's, nicer because you can react to people's emotions and you can see them and you know you can have a bit more of an interactive session but you're relying on a screen or a, a you know a laptop that's not necessarily yours for everything to go right you gotta log into your demos you don't have that kind of visual cue of notes or anything like that so you've got to kind of practice it in a different way um, than you would online so that's from my experience but sometimes the in-person one gives you more of a rush once you've done it because you've done it in person um, and you can react off people watching your presentation. Awesome. Yeah, I, feel, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing a Scottish opening and uh, Scottish Open Scottish Summit in um, June now. So I'm, I'm speaking yeah. in that one. Keep forgetting whatever it is. So that'll be my first in-person um, speaking event. So that'll be that'll be fun. <laughs> well, your first in-person, mate. Obviously, not in a group, innit? On, on your own, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, talking by myself, yeah. Obviously, we've done the South Coast Summit, but yeah, uh, the first tech one as well, actually, um, in person. So, that, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And obviously, the guys at the Scottish Summit, as you kind of said, are doing really good in terms of um, new speaker, the new speaker um, track. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, what you really got to think as well. Yeah, the people that are going to the Scottish Summit are all the tech community and everybody's really nice in the community. No one's going to, you know, be expecting you or wanting you to fail. So it makes it a little bit nicer when you're presenting to a group of really nice people as well. To be fair, I'm used to speaking to 20 people from customers who mm. like, really grew you in that. So yeah. That's my kind of thing is I'm like... If this I, is if easy. I could, if I could talk to like 20 people, yeah, if I can talk to 20, 20, 20 people in like customer wise, then I'm guessing the yeah. five people that turn up to my session will be okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I've done in person in front of 400 people, and yeah. Wow. That was something else. That, that was, as you say, you get that good buzz when you come off the stage because, you know, you've managed to do something that you wouldn't have saw yourself doing in any part of your life previous to that day. 
So it was a yeah, quite a, an amazing thing to you know, walk can't... off and like, I've done that. How do you imagine the nerves for 400 people? <laughs> I'd be just having a bucket like being sick the whole time. <laughs> That's oh, it. Once you're confident in what you're talking about, then you know, yeah, once you get through it, and obviously it's also then obviously addressing any kind of like hecklers or awkward questions that you don't know the answer to, because obviously people expect you to know the answers to everything. It's obviously no answer, you know. You know okay, well, I understand your question. Um, how about we speak to speak to them about it after you know the session? And then obviously then you can you got it gives you that bit of time to work out what you're gonna say and obviously yeah. then speak to the person or you go, okay, well I don't actually know the full answer, but I know a person that does. And then then if you then go away, get the answer, get back to them, you know, you've you've done your bit then. And obviously yeah. that person will then definitely respect you because you've given the answer thereafter. Yeah, definitely. Who would you say is somebody that you really kind of look up to um within the tech community? Um like speaking speaking wise. Speaking wise, um, I'm not sure actually in terms of presenting. What I like to do is watch, um, you know, I'm not going to remember any, like Brad Smith doing that kind of um, session that he does at like the partner conference where he's in front of like the, in that big um, Microsoft Inspire where he's standing in front of all the partners. There's the, um, oh, I can't remember her name. There's a woman who is uh, does one of the sessions for the Microsoft Inspire conference. And when you watch them presenting, you can tell a professional presenter to someone who's not because they'll do the techniques that the training videos say to do. So they'll go, she'll, you know, she walks on stage. There's thousands of people in a circle surrounding her and she'll walk on and just go, take a deep breath and then she'll start presenting. It's just incredible. And I think, wow, that's, I want to get to that level of presenter um, in terms of, yeah, who I'd look up to. So I can't remember their name, but they're great at presenting. <laughs> yeah, per personally, I'm, I think I'm a, I'm a Donna Seckard, like a fanboy to be fair, like uh, the way yeah. she presents and stuff. Yeah. yeah she... <laughs> that's, a, that's another good one. Yeah, Donna, we're trying to get her on the, the show, but. Stuff is great, yeah. Yeah. I'll say Karuna is another great one, and Michael's as well. Yeah, these, yeah. these are all women that have done, you know, most of the night and yeah, put themselves out there. But they're all, you know, yeah. brilliant speakers. Definitely. So, um, obviously, we've talked about your past, we've talked about the present. So, what's the future hold for cats? What do you want to achieve in the next like couple of years or five years? One thing I would different definitely name in two months. Different name, and then July. Yeah. <laughs> When I get married, that's what, that's what I so. said, Kat. I didn't put the surname in there. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, change the names. I get married, but um, I would love to start mentoring. Um, I would love to help someone who is looking to do more in technology. Um, and share techniques and things that I did that worked, and you know, and help someone progress that way. Um, so if anybody is listening, um, that's something I do want to to look at doing. I think mentoring and I also the STEM ambassador program, I've started looking to get more involved in that. So that's something else. Again, it's just I want to use the platform, the MVP platform to help young people, not just young women, young women as well, um, get more into technology. So those are things that I would definitely look to achieve um, in my career in the next couple of years or you so. Know what? I might I might put you in touch with somebody. I've got um I've got a colleague in the States, um, and she 
in I finished in Canada. Um, but anyway, North America, would you say North America? Um, I was listening to a, a, a talk in, in, internally the other day. I was like, you're, you're really good at this, like this whole talking stuff. Like <laughs> you need to do more stuff in like, the, you need to start doing stuff in the community because you're very good. And um, she was like, I don't have any social media. Like she doesn't do social media. She doesn't, I never had social media. She's never had Twitter, Facebook or anything. I was like, you need to oh just get you in there. So I've got her in the, I've got her in a women in, te- in teams community. So I've, I've, I've said, let's start there and we'll, yeah. we'll start branching out of it. But I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to. Yeah, that would be great. Again, I'd love she's, to... a, she's a team. She's, she loves teams. She's, she's, um, I think she's a bit more of, um, she does more of like the UC stuff. Um, then yeah. Yeah. Um, within teams, but yeah, I think, I think it would be a good, a good match <laughs> that would be great that would be see it's who you know and just speaking in the community and say like, oh, opportunities open up so um yeah that would be really great so so um i think we're close to our normal running time so uh i must say thank you cat for obviously joining me and john today um so it's great to have you know conversations with people that we don't normally get to speak to as john mentioned before and understanding their careers and obviously where they've come from. Um, obviously, I've learned more about yourself, and obviously, when I see you then presenting in a couple of a uh, couple of weeks, I think it's for oh yeah, by the time it's going to be a couple of weeks um, to our actual user group. So, but, you know, it's, it's great to you know, understand you as a person as well as obviously then see you as a, a speaker as well. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. You're really relaxing hosts just very chilled vibes, <laughs> which um, is always good. So yeah, thank you so much for asking me to come on the show and letting me present at your user group as well. I'm looking forward to that. No worries, thank no, you very much. great to meet you as well, Kat. Cool, no all right, everyone, we'll see you on the next episode. So thank you for watching or listening. Thanks, bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.